0: Welcome to I'm Sorry I Can't Don't Hate Me, the Sex in the City review podcast from two series first timers. I'm your host, Kristen, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Megan. Hello. And this week we are discussing season two, episode 10, The Cast System. A quick reminder before we start that we're going to be going deep and doing a full recap. So if you don't want spoilers, we recommend you go watch the episode and then come back for the conversation. Megan, how are you? How was your week? Do you want to tell us your highs and lows and what character you were channeling? Sure, I would love to you know, it was
1: a mixed bag, to be honest. I think in terms of highs, I got to see some friends this weekend and socialize, which was a lot of fun. And then my always high is that I have cats and I love them and they keep me entertained even when things are not fun. In terms of lows, I think it's just been a really stressful couple of weeks at work, a lot of long hours my other low is that I broke up with someone this weekend. It wasn't a true breakup because obviously we weren't in a relationship, but we've been out of enough times where there was a definitive parting of ways. I think that's a good segue into who my character for the week is, and that is Charlotte, And the reason I say Charlotte is because the way that this parting of ways happened felt like something that would absolutely happen to Charlotte, where everything seems normal and fine, and the guy seems great. And then all of a sudden, a small thing happens and triggers this massive overreaction, and there we go. So that was kind of a low. I got stressed about it, but just the way it happened
0: was very public and not cute. It is funny, because I hadn't thought about it that way. You obviously told me all the details when it was happening. But it was a very Charlotte breakup in that it was like, fine. And then something happened. And then I think later the next day, I was like, so is it over? And you're like, yep.
1: Yeah, no, we never spoke again. Anyway, what about you, Kristen? How's your week been? What are your highs and lows? And who are you channeling?
0: My week's been pretty good. A couple of highs. I bought myself a fancy new computer and it's just exciting because I've only ever stolen computers from jobs before and to be able to buy myself a nice one that I felt like a big kid and I felt very responsible. Also, speaking of being a big kid with extra cash to throw around, I found <laughs> A cleaning person in my apartment is very clean now, and it feels really nice, especially because I didn't have to actually clean it. Wow. So, a big week for me. Love that. And then for my lows, I woke up two days ago and one of my cats has worms, and it was really gross. That's <laughs> all I will say. My poor baby. Ugh. And I also felt really gross. I just felt unclean. I went to work and I'm like, do I have worms? But it's a very
1: small chance that you have worms.
0: The fact that one cat has it, the other cat doesn't. And I've never seen them before. I guess it's not bad. So he has medicine. He'll be fine. That's
1: good. I'm sorry that that has happened, but I'm glad it was a
0: minor thing. Who are you channeling this week? I am channeling Miranda because... Like I was saying, with being able to like afford things and take care of business, she's the one that owns her own apartment and probably has the most in control personal life outside of dating. She has good finances and probably has a well-funded 401k, kind of have some of that energy.
1: All right. We love a well-funded 401k. Right? This is now a finance podcast (laughs) listeners, max out your 401k contributions. (laughs) So Kristen, before we get into the recap, can I walk through some research with you? Yes, absolutely. So this week we watched season two, episode 10, The Cast System. This episode aired on August 8th, 1999, and was written by show favorite Darren Starr. It was directed by a new director, a woman by the name of Allison Anders. So Allison has done a bunch of different things. She's done a lot of films about music, both documentary and fictional films. And through all of that work, she became friends with Duran Duran, the whole group. And so she makes a lot of references to them in her movies, apparently. So I thought that was fun. Most of her movies, though, are independent films. Not really anything that I've ever heard of, but she seems really cool. As far as TV shows, she she has directed things for Cold Case, The L Word, Men in Trees, The Mentalist. What about Brian and a couple episodes of Riverdale? So she is booked and busy. This episode had an IMDb score of 7.5. We had a few guest stars this week. Our first guest star is a guy by the name of Brian Van Holt, and he plays an actor in the show, Wiley Ford, who Charlotte meets. He's more of a fling than a love interest. He's still been acting, even recently, but it's in a lot of stuff that I've never heard of. Kristen, have you heard of any of these shows? We've got Joe versus Carol... Nope. Deputy? No, nope. Yeah, he's got like ongoing roles in them, but I've never heard of either and I know nothing about them, but he's doing it. He's also done some bit parts on the classics like CSI and some fun shows like Community. But here is an interesting thing. Not a Law & Order episode in sight on his IMDb. So one of the rare
0: No Law & Order guys. Oh my gosh. I just realized what Joe versus Carol is. What is it? It's the TV <gasps> the Carol show Baskin
1: of, thing. Yes, oh of the gosh. Tiger King.
0: Well, that's exciting. I don't think I knew that existed. I didn't really either. That's a new thing. Love that. Wait, I want to see if he plays Joe. <laughs> he plays John Rinky.
1: I, I don't, don't even, even actually know who he is, but now I'm interested. That was a very good addition, Christian. Anyway, a couple other folks, we had James McCauley, who plays Samantha's love interest in the episode named Harvey Turkle. He has a very familiar face. I think it's just because he's been in like basically every TV show, but in bit part roles. He's been in a bunch of the Law & Order episodes, no surprise there, but he was also in a couple episodes of That's So Raven and Two Broke Girls modern family. He had a scene in The Amazing Spider-Man. Like he just pops up really just randomly anywhere. He
0: was also on soap opera, All My Children. Yeah. He's got a lot of like basic dad energy. That's probably how he pops up in things. He's perfect for that. He was listed as a school principal and a couple. Of things. And I was yes, like, that's exactly. This feels I...
1: correct. And then one of our other guest stars is a woman named Gina O. She plays Harvey's maid, some. And she really had a short run with acting. She had a couple bit parts here and there, but Sex in the City was really her big thing. Everything else was soaps. And there's really no other information about her, but we hope that Gina is doing well and thriving. Kristen, was there anyone else you wanted to highlight, or are we ready for the recap?
0: No, I think we're ready. Let's do it. Okay, so we open to a montage of people enjoying Central Park, and we've got some loungy jazz music playing, and Carrie voices over, here are some things I love about New York. And she lists the one week in spring when it's not too hot and not too cold, men in suits, and three newspapers with 12 gossip columns. For those reasons, it's easy for her to say, I love you, New York, but it's far less easy for her to say, I love you, Big. So then she tells us about the first time she realized that she loved Mr. Big. It was while they were eating toast and drinking coffee in the morning. And he's reading the newspaper and she's like, you have some toast on your face and kind of leans over and wipes his face. And he says, thanks, honey. And he still has some like toast on his face and she thinks it's cute. So we're made to believe that that's when she realizes that she's in love with him. And then she says the first time that she wanted to tell him that she loved him was when they were walking home from the ballet one night. And he hates the ballet. She loves the ballet. And he's making jokes like he saw some of the dancers were on wires. And she stops in her tracks and looks at him and says, I love. And then she messes up his hair and says, your hair like that. Ha ha. Then there's the time she said it when she didn't expect to say it to him. She's getting ready and Big comes over to pick her up. They're going out to dinner and she's like, okay, I just have to change my shoes really quick. And he says, I bought you a gift. And he hands her a little bag. She opens it, of course, right away. And it's a swan bedazzled clutch purse. You can tell it's expensive, but in an old lady kind of way. You can tell from her face. She hates it. She says it's all wrong. So she's just standing there looking at it. And instead of saying anything else, she just looks up at him and says, I love you. Then we cut to a scene of Carrie having breakfast with the gals. And she's got the swan purse on the table. And she's telling everybody about what happened. Miranda makes a joke. Oh, I think my mom has a purse like that, shaped as a squirrel. They're like, well, maybe he thought you were saying you love the purse. And Carrie's like, no, definitely not. And we flash back to Carrie's apartment right after that happened. And Big awkwardly leans over and gives her a kiss on the forehead and then says, I'll be waiting for you outside. And he walks out of the apartment. So he obviously heard her. He didn't say it back. He didn't know how to react. So he just left so then carrie's like i really laid down the gauntlet he has to either tell me he loves me too or i'm gonna have to break up with him and they're like what's the timeline carrie's like i'll give it about the same timeline as a dairy product a week miranda however is uncharacteristically positive and she's like do you think that maybe right now he is thinking of his own way to tell you that he loves you and all the girls are like No. So we find out that Miranda is in this positive pro-love mindset because things with her and Steve are going really well. And we see Miranda and Steve on a date at a Ray's original pizza place, just like a slice shop. And they're getting slices of pizza and sodas. Steve takes out his wallet and tells Miranda, go wait outside. I'm going to pay. And we learn through Carrie's narration that even though Miranda was love's greatest skeptic, she now had a romantic epiphany with Steve. He worships her and she lets him take her out to cheap restaurants that a bartender like him can afford to pay for So it seems like it's going great. They're smiling and laughing and eating pizza. And then Miranda tells him that she would like him to come to her law firm's dinner party. It's going to be totally boring. And he says very sweetly, oh, it's not going to be boring if you're there. Then she's like, oh, but you should probably wear a suit. So Steve's like, oh, I have a suit. It's gold. It's corduroy. Miranda's like, what? And he's kind of joking. So then we go to Steve's apartment and we see it for the first time. It's a studio apartment. It is very dingy. The walls are different colors from being aged. Miranda's looking around and she's like, oh, it's sweet. And he says, yeah, I modeled it after De Niro's apartment, a taxi driver. And Miranda's like, what? He says, no, I'm just kidding. And then Steve's like, yeah, it's small, but it's cheap. It's close to the bar and it works for me. Him and Miranda start kissing and Miranda looks up and sees in his open closet area, there is a gold corduroy suit hanging up. And she's like, oh, he wasn't joking. And so that is the end of that scene. We learn that Miranda is feeling a bit of yuppie guilt about how much more money she makes than Steve. And so she's out with the gals and they're getting pedicures and she's telling them about that. Charlotte's like, well, a lot of artists and authors started out as bartenders, and that's how they supported themselves. So there's a chance he could make a lot of money one day. And Miranda's like, well, no, Steve's not an artist. He's just a bartender. He likes being a bartender, he has no aspirations beyond that. So Samantha's like, well, how's the sex? Miranda's like, amazing. So then Samantha's like, well, that's a dream relationship for you right there. Carrie pretty much agrees. Charlotte, however, is like, no, you can't date this guy. How can you be in a relationship with somebody that works for tips? Carrie's like, it's not about rich and poor. It's about compatibility. Just look at me and big. And Charlotte's like, no, it's normal for the guy to have more money than the woman, but not the other way around. And they're all like, oh my gosh, Charlotte. But Charlotte doubles down and says that it's not just about money. It's about background. And you can't just pretend class doesn't exist. He is a working class guy. Carrie's like, you can't say that. And she's like, it's true. And then she kind of whispers, this This isn't a classless society. And she looks down at the women who are giving them pedicures and they all feel awkward. Samantha changes the subject and she's like, well, it is true. The guy that I'm dating has an actual servant. And they're like, what? So we cut to Samantha at the apartment of her new boyfriend. His name is Harvey Turkle, and he is a big real estate guy, and he has a maid, but they refer to her as a servant whose name is Sum. She is a Thai woman, and she has, speaks with very accented English, and she calls him Mr. Harvey. Harvey explains that she's a fantastic cook and is really gushing over her. Samantha clearly feels awkward. Meanwhile, we see that Carrie is home and she's typing, and now she is coming to her thesis for the week, which is, if New York was any different than New Delhi, had a caste system replaced a class system? If so, can we date outside our caste? That night, Big takes Carrie out for romantic dinner. She's pretty convinced that this is how he's going to tell her that he loves her too. So they're like sitting outside at this Italian place. Big is like, try this wine. It's from Tuscany. Isn't it great? Me and my ex-wife went there. I really want to go back with somebody I actually like, implying he wants to go with Carrie sometime. And then he's like, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. Carrie's like, yes, what is it? He's like, you know, the rhinestone bag I gave you, you can return it if you want. Carrie's face drops and she stubs out her cigarette, but she's just like, man, okay the next afternoon charlotte is at her gallery she looks up and she sees someone that she recognizes looking at some of her art is the famous actor wiley ford she walks over to him and says hello he's like this piece is really great i really like to buy it and he's looking at the fire extinguisher that is on the wall charlotte's like oh no that's a fire extinguisher like in case of a fire." He's kind of embarrassed, but not really. He's like, ah, I guess I'm stupid. And then she tries to be like, no, you can buy it if you want. It happens all the time. She just thinks he's so charming and wonderful because he's famous and good looking. Then he's like, you're really adorable. What do you think about closing the gallery early and coming to hang out with me? So then we cut to Charlotte and this guy Wiley making out in the back of his car and he calls her Charlene and says she's so hot he can't wait to sleep with her and she's like my name is Charlotte he's like I like Charlene better. And then Charlotte just goes with it. He tells the driver to pull over because he says the champagne's just going through him. And he gets out and he's peeing on the side of a building somewhere. So Charlotte quickly calls Carrie to tell her that she's about to hook up with Wiley Ford. Carrie's like, where is he now? And she's like, oh, he's peeing on the side of a building. Carrie tells her, just get out of there, Charlotte. And Charlotte's like, no, I can't. He wants me and there's nothing I can do about it all my rules are going out the window carrie's like don't and then charlotte hangs up on her and gets back to making out with wiley when he gets back in the car so meanwhile we see samantha she's back at harvey's they're in bed together Harvey is getting up to go to work and he tells her, stay in bed as long as you want. Some will make you breakfast and bring it to you. And Samantha's like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. But then Harvey's like, yes, you can have eggs, anything you want. It's going to be lovely. So Samantha's like, "Okay, that sounds great. Harvey leaves and some comes in the room and she immediately is like, all right, lazy bones, get out of bed. She like grabs the sheets and just starts pulling them off the bed. And Samantha's like, what about my breakfast? Some is like, I don't have time to make you eggs. I have a lot of work to do. Go get dressed and get out of this apartment. Samantha is surprised, but then is kind of like, okay. She picks up her clothes and she leaves. So that afternoon on her lunch break, Miranda is taking Steve suit shopping and he's trying on a suit. He's looking at himself in the mirror and they're both like, wow, this looks so good on you. Steve looks at the price tag and is like, oh my God, 1800 bucks. I better not spill anything. Miranda's like, no, this is my treat. It's my party that you have to go to. And Steve's like, no, I'm definitely going to pay for this. So they go to check out and Miranda, again, is trying to pay for things. And Steve is like, no, that makes me feel like you're my mother. And I don't like that. But he basically has to put down a credit card and then give some cash and then write a check in order to pay for this very expensive suit. And they're both unhappy about it. So that Saturday, Big takes Carrie to a cocktail party at one of his society friends' apartments. Her name is Serena Bush. Carrie narrates that Serena is known for her husband's wealth, but Carrie used to know her 10 years ago when she was known for her father's money and her close personal friendship with her drug dealer. They walk in and Carrie is immediately like, I hate Park Avenue. And then we see that a lot of the women at the party have these little bejeweled bags, like the one Big got Carrie. And Carrie is horrified because she's like, not only does Big not love me, but he doesn't even know me. There's no way that he would think I would like this bag. A waiter comes over, Carrie tries to order red wine, and the waiter says, Serena doesn't serve any brown food or drink in her house. Carrie's like that's weird. Big's like yeah I've known her for years she's not that bad once you get to know her and Carrie's like no this is terrible and then Serena comes over and says hi to Big and then Big's like oh you know Carrie right and they kind of nod at each other and then Carrie is lighting up a cigarette. Serena is like no you can't smoke in here. Carrie is like what? She's like, you have to smoke out on the terrace. You can't smoke in here. So Carrie is like, oh my God, this is so rude. And she goes to walk and smoke out on the terrace. Big doesn't go with her. She goes on her own, but she's obviously upset about it. Then we cut to Charlotte, who is now out with Wiley Ford and his entourage. They're in a restaurant and they're smoking weed uh, and passing a joint around. They offer it to Charlotte and she's like, oh no, I don't smoke. And then Wiley like, takes a hit and then like leans over and breathes in Charlotte's mouth and says he you you do now. It.
1: <laughs> yeah he shotguns it to her <laughs> for people who know about drugs it's called
0: shotgunning but for us innocents <laughs> I only know from my internet research I know nothing about this <laughs> but so then he blows smoke in her mouth and he says you do now and then they all laugh then we go to a scene of Samantha back at Harvey's. Samantha is telling Harvey that some was very rude to her. Harvey is like, no, there must be a misunderstanding. Some doesn't speak English that well. That's probably what it is. And then some comes over and is being really nice. And Carrie, her voiceover, makes a joke. That's when Samantha realized. Which... She's really not dim that some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Back at the party, Carrie is now smoking on the terrace. She realizes that relationships have a caste system of their own. The person that says I love you and the person that never responds. A cater waiter comes out to have a smoke and they realize that they know each other. This guy's name is Jeremiah and he is a talented performance artist in the Lower East Side by day and this waiter by night they've been friends for a while and carrie says that they've had a flirtation Jeremiah's like carrie are these people friends of yours and she's like oh no and then he's like who were you here at the party with and she says just some guy so they're hanging out and then he's like i got a new tattoo do you want to see it and he pulls up his shirt and shows that he has a tattoo that i would describe as a partially visible dragon so it's under his belly button and then it goes like lower into the top of his pants Carrie has to lean over and really get a close look at this dragon tattoo. And she's like, golly, how low does it go? And so he unzips his pants lower and she has to lean in even closer to really examine this tattoo. And of course, while she's doing that, Serena comes out and looks out on the terrace and sees Carrie with her head bent down right at this guy's crotch. And it's a very over-the-top visual gag. Serena's like, oh my god. And walks away and Carrie leans up and realizes what happens. So she goes back inside and she sees Serena talking to Big. Big comes over and he's like, were you really just giving one of the caterers a blowjob? And Carrie says, no, of course I wasn't. But Big's like, well, you're embarrassing me. And then Carrie's like, well, why didn't you come out on the terrace with me like a gentleman? So they're both frustrated with each other. Big is like, we should just go. And Carrie says, no, I'm having fun. And she walks back out to the terrace with Jeremiah to hang out with him. Across town, Miranda is getting ready for her law firm dinner. She's running a bit late, but then she hears a knock on the door. She opens the door and Steve is standing there, but he's just wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And she's like, where's your suit? He very somberly is like, I returned the suit. I couldn't afford it. And that she needs to be with someone that's more on her level, because this is something that's always going to be a problem for them. And it's just not going to work. Miranda is getting upset and she's like, okay, so you're punishing me for being successful. Steve is really calm and he's like, it's just not going to work between us. This is not something we can overcome. Miranda gets really mad and slams the door. Then we see her looking very forlorn and she's at the party alone. She's looking around at the men in suits and Carrie says she starts to wonder what's really that bad about corduroy. Back to Charlotte. She is still out with Wiley and his entourage. They're at dinner. Carrie says in one night, Charlotte has gone from girlfriend to groupie. Charlotte's coming back to the table with a bunch of drinks. Wiley is like, Charlene, come here. She goes and sits down. And then he says something really crass to her. And she's just like, no, I can't do this. And pretty much pulls a classic Charlotte and just gets up and leaves. I think she was right in this case, though, in her yeah. defense. Yeah, but just one of those things where she's like, nope, not going to do this anymore. Bye. And peace is out. The same night, Carrie and Jeremiah are walking down the street together. We learn that Jeremiah got fired and the two of them went downtown to celebrate with margaritas. They're singing joy to the world. The Jeremiah was a bullfrog song and laughing and stumbling down to Carrie's apartment. Then they start sloppy kissing and they go up to Carrie's apartment. But before we find out more on that, we go back to Harvey's place where Samantha is spending the night again. And they have just finished having sex. Harvey gets up and he is going to go into the shower. As soon as he's gone, some comes into the bedroom again and she starts being loud and pretty mean to Samantha. She finds a condom wrapper on the floor and she's like, no, you dirty girl and starts shaming Samantha and pulling the sheets and being very aggressive. Harvey comes out and some pulled the sheets so hard she fell on the ground. So as soon as Harvey comes out, she's pretending to cry. And like, I was just trying to take the sheets off the bed, but Miss Samantha, she hit me. And Harvey's like, Samantha, how dare you? He's consoling and hugging some. And you see some look up and smile at Samantha. Samantha's just like, okay, he's obviously going to choose this servant that he adores. So Samantha also is just peace and out of there so it's the next morning and carrie wakes up in her bed to the phone ringing she was sleeping on top of the cover she's still fully dressed she answers the phone and it is mr big and she looks over and jeremiah is also there fully dressed but obviously he had spent the night and then drunkenly fell asleep on top of her bed But Big is upset. He's like, I know why you're really mad, but I have to do it on my own time. She's like, what? And he's like, I fucking love you, all right? Jeremiah starts to say something and Carrie panics and covers his mouth. And Big's like, it's just hard for me to say things because when I say the way I feel, it always gets me in trouble. And then Big asks Carrie if they're okay. Carrie says, yeah, they're great. And that she loves him too. And she'll call him later. And she hangs up. She asks Jeremiah, if they had sex and he says, definitely not. She doesn't immediately kick him out, but we know that she will never tell Mr. Big what happened because everything before I love you just doesn't count. And that's the end of this episode. Megan, what did you think? You know, Christian, I didn't think it was a good one. I no. did like it.
1: It was a very classic star episode, I would say racist and offensive per usual the way that they're referring to the caste system is meant to just make it feel like foreign but like it could still happen in new york And then even the portrayal of some was just super stereotyping and racist and terrible and I just hated all of that stuff. I hated Charlotte's comments about it's normal for men to make more money than women Mm -hmm. and that Miranda shouldn't date Steve because he makes a living off of tips. There were just so many things about this episode I hated so much. Basically almost everyone was a villain in this
0: episode. Yeah, I mean Darren Star just cannot help himself. He just has to have some kind of stereotype or reference to another culture that he does not understand and doesn't care to. I mean, the quote of Carrie saying, is the caste system replacing the class system? The actual caste system, it's a little more formal, but the way they're using it in this episode. They're doing it to make it feel
1: foreign and other and weird and to be like, oh, no one in New York would do that. Or would they? It's very trite. Carrie and her friends are extremely classist. Oy, not good. So obviously Charlotte's comments were like terrible and offensive per usual. I do think there is some merit to like, we can't really act like we live in a classless society when we don't, but just the way she was talking about it, well, it was not in a way that left room for any sort of a nuance to it, right? It was like, this is just how it is and that's it. And even afterwards, she looks at the pedicurists and is eyeing them and like trying to signal with her eyes. And then she looks down and like smiles at them condescendingly afterwards. I'm just like, oh, Charlotte, I
0: hate you so... I feel like there's a lot of stuff to unpack about the whole conversation and the whole Stephen-Miranda dynamic, but Mm -hmm. in this particular scene with Charlotte's comments, Miranda is saying their relationship is great, everything's great, it doesn't bother her, that she makes more money than him, she just wants to buy the suit for him because she wants him to have this dumb suit so he'll fit in at her work dinner. And Charlotte's basically like, well, you shouldn't even be dating at all because you have better breeding than he does that's the implication for sure not only is it gross on a broader sense but it's terrible advice to your friends miranda finally found somebody that makes her happy they're so caught up in talking about classes nobody gives her advice like maybe you should try and take him someplace where the suits are still nice but a bit more affordable help him buy a suit because that's clearly good advice not the like dynamics of who makes more money i feel like they wanted to get all philosophical on it but also i don't really see how that's a conversation you'd be having with your girlfriends when you're having this problem. Classic star. The whole suit thing
1: I felt like was really disappointing. I don't feel like anyone was in the right in that situation, right? Like Miranda was trying to do something nice, but she didn't consider that maybe he wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And then his problem with it is obviously some like masculine macho shit, right? Like, oh, I feel like if a woman buys me things, it's like she's my mother.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I also insisted on playing some of the storylines for mitch because i wanted to know his thoughts on it and he was like yeah i totally agree with steve and i was trying to dig into that why and he is like pretty much classic toxic masculinity but he's also said like it's just one of those things you want to impress her you want to be like I i don't need you to take care of me did it have to be a corduroy suit that he owns or an $1,800 suit? There are no other suits in New York. I know. Like you can't go to
1: the Macy's discount rack or something. Yeah, exactly. With a No, pump. I hear you, but I do think the core of why he has a problem with it is toxic masculinity, right? And Mitch is a great guy, Christian. I think a lot of men would feel the same way, but I don't think that necessarily means that it's right. But I also feel like you can't just buy someone a gift that is that expensive without considering whether they would be comfortable with it. I just Uh, find that in itself wildly inappropriate, whether it's a man buying it or a woman buying it.
0: I agree, but also in this context, he doesn't want to go to this dinner. She wants him to wear a suit. She should buy him a suit. I agree that he shouldn't have to pay for it. I think it would have been rude if she expected him to.
1: Yeah, it would have been rude for her to expect him to, but she should also just take him how he is, you know? Like, yeah, it's an ugly suit, but like, who cares? That's my takeaway, at least. I, I don't think,
0: think if I was in that situation, which I never would be because I'm the poor one, but assuming that I was, I would be like, okay, well, if you insist on paying for something, let's find a store that you can afford with something that I like and we'll do it that way. I mean, I know what they're getting at in the broader sense. So I don't even have a problem with that storyline, but well, it is supposed to be because of Charlotte's comment that it's normal for
1: men to make more money than women and buy them stuff and do that. It is almost like, Like Miranda trying to make a point where she's like, well, I can do this. I'm going against gender norms. And on one hand, I support that, but I feel like it was done in the wrong way. Although I don't think she had like ill intentions, but I just don't think it was done the right way. And I mean, this is just personal values at this point, but I just don't think buying someone a gift that expensive, especially when there's such an intense income disparity is appropriate.
0: Yeah. In this situation, if it was just a birthday gift or something random, I'd be like, that's too much. But for this situation, I think it would have been fine if she wanted to pay for it. I think he should have let her. I guess I understand why he didn't. And I think they should have compromised on it the greater conversation of this episode is really more of what I have a problem with. Yeah, and I think this is what you're getting at also, but I just feel like the fact
1: that they broke up over this was just really fucking stupid. Just have a conversation about your values and money Right. Because like, I don't know why we immediately have to jump to no, there's nothing that will ever change. I have to break up with you. And it's obviously because of his own ego, right? It's not just class differences. She has enough money for the both of them. It's his ego.
0: Yeah. And I'm sad that she broke up with Steve so quickly. I was really enjoying their relationship. Hopefully they'll get back together sooner rather than later. I hate that he broke up with her because of this toxic masculinity BS, because there are many ways to measure success besides how much money you make. And I do think overall, Steve is more successful in life than Miranda. He seems much more content.
1: I was going to say he's happier, right? Like he's more content with a simple lifestyle and Mm. everyone has different definitions
0: of success, but that sounds like success to me. Yeah. I really laughed at his joke. He says very seriously because he knows that Miranda's judging his poor person apartment. He's like, I modeled it after De Niro's place in Taxi Driver. And Miranda believes him.
1: And it was really funny. Yeah, she looks shocked for a second and like nervous. And he's like, no, I'm (laughs) obviously joking. Uh That's pretty funny. That's why it was so disappointing though. Because I love Steve. He's the only guy on the show I've liked so far. I I know. like, Like the only love interest i should say that i've liked so far and it's just really disappointing i didn't want to believe that steve would be toxically masculine but even the best ones are it's how we're socialized as a society it's true and it's the 90s i don't think people are even saying the term toxic masculinity then So let's talk about Charlotte's thing. That was weird. (laughs) Charlotte, the star fucker. (laughs) That That whole thing just didn't feel like something Charlotte would actually do and was very weird. It didn't make sense
0: because he's like a Brad Pitt type or something. Charlotte, I could see doing that, but only if it was a Kennedy or something. Somebody that's a famous family and the rich, good-looking son who's an asshole, Mm -hmm. but he's a politician. I could see her totally doing that, but I don't think it would be with a pretty boy movie star.
1: Yeah, I was thinking he was giving Charlie Sheen vibes with how chaotic he was, but it just didn't feel like something that would actually happen in a Charlotte storyline that feels much more like a
0: Samantha storyline. That said, though, I like that they mix it up a little bit here and there. After last week's episode, I decided that I'm done with Charlotte. So I'm glad that they gave her the storyline because she was just insufferable for the entire episode. All her (laughs) advice to her friends was horrible. When she's talking about the class system and she like looks down at the people doing her pedicure. Oh, they're so below me. They have to clean my feet. The fake condescending smile. And it's like just because somebody works in a service industry doesn't mean that they're below you. Good luck doing your own nails better than those ladies can do it. Things like that really make me angry.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing as going to a restaurant and being rude to a waiter. Right. It's intolerable, in my opinion. I will say, I did think it was funny that he wanted to buy the fire hydrant. It's supposed to be like, oh, he's a dumb actor. Ha ha ha. It's an obvious joke, but there's not much funny
0: in this episode. So you got to latch on to the small things. It's true. Yeah, it's um, a good way to intro him as this is what we're working with here. Totally.
1: How about Samantha's storyline? I feel like I don't even want to talk about it so much because I feel like I'll get really riled up. But
0: yeah, it's such a stereotype. This is something I had for questions, but I'll bring it up now because we'll lead into the discussion. What do you think the real relationship between some and Harvey was i was
1: literally gonna ask you the same thing because i was just like what the fuck is this it's such a weird dynamic it's obviously playing on some sort of racist stereotype right but like i was like is she supposed to be in love with him or is I I think the
0: idea of it is that nothing has happened, but they're both in love with each other. Mm -hmm. And he probably pays really well and treats her great. And like, she doesn't want to cook eggs. It's much easier if he doesn't have a girlfriend around because he's easy to manipulate. And like, she just doesn't want more people to take care of. It was weird. She, She definitely
1: is actively hostile towards Samantha. It definitely is. It's supposed to be some sort of culture thing where Thai women respect men, but they don't respect the women.
0: Knowing the star episode, that's 100% how it is. Yeah. There's no subtext.
1: That's what I think it was. I think it was just like straight up stereotyping.
0: It's not fun to watch. And it's also not original.
1: No. I don't care it was, for it. It was stupid. And also, I hate to talk about people's looks like this, but Harvey is ugly. What is Samantha doing with him? I was wondering the same thing. He's got a real
0: dad bod, but not a I was like just going to say,
1: he's a bit barrel-shaped. Yeah, he's not hot which, at all. Listeners, if you are barrel-shaped, there's nothing wrong with that. We love all bodies here, but I don't know. Samantha was lowering her batting average with that one, I will say. But I guess it's supposed to be like, oh, well, he's a real estate tycoon. Same kind of thing with the old guy in last episode. She's not so concerned about the looks as the power. Same in the dark. Yeah. Should
0: we talk about Carrie's storyline? Yeah. Where to even start? Carrie. Okay. We need to talk about the dragon tattoo in the room. I mean, I know why they did it, because they wanted to do this stupid gag. But she is so far leaned over, her face is inches away from his crotch area. Who looks at a tattoo like that? And it's a basic dragon tattoo. It's not like words or something that she's trying to read. Yeah, it's not cute. I
1: think the thing there is supposed to be playing on their dynamic that they've had this flirtation for like years and it never actually goes anywhere, but it's always very suggestive. So I think that Carrie's not actually doing that because she wants to get a closer look. I think it's like literally just their dynamic.
0: That makes it worse because I know, regardless of if you're mad at him or not, you're on a date with somebody who you just said that you loved. And now you're like so desperate to flirt with another guy. You're going to do that. I mean, Mr. Big was right. That's embarrassing. And it it is embarrassing that she was so pissed off that this woman wouldn't let her smoke in her beautiful Park Avenue apartment. That reminds me, I wrote this note. I was saving
1: it, but now is the perfect time. I said, the only good thing about this episode was that somebody
0: finally told Carrie she has to smoke outside. Yeah, and she was not happy about it. She was
1: pissed. This is her home. She gets to tell you what to do because she lives here. I mean, Big obviously has his own issues, but... I didn't love when he was like, Carrie, like you're kind of being a bitch. And I was like, she is. But I'm very much of the mind that men, regardless of circumstances, should not be calling women bitch. Yeah. Ever straight men, at least. And uh, I mean, she was being embarrassing. She also looked really bad. We'll get into this in fashion, but like you're going to a cocktail party. What the fuck are you wearing? I liked the dress, just not for that didn't like it, and I thought it was extremely inappropriate for this party. But anyway, I feel like this is just another example that Carrie has no boundaries. She thinks the rules don't apply to her. If she found out that Big had anything similar of an interaction with someone else, she would lose her shit. But since Big didn't tell her that he loved her exactly when she wanted him to, Mm -hmm. she gets to do
0: whatever she wants. He gave her a purse that all of his friends had that was probably very expensive, but she didn't like it and therefore she can go make out with somebody else
1: yeah because in her mind since she didn't like it and he bought it for her it just shows that he doesn't know her anyway
0: carrie he's a man most men buy bad gifts when he was like you can return the bag were you like i bet she would i was surprised that she didn't be like yeah can i add the receipt i need to pay rent this month We know Carrie (laughs) likes to return expensive presents.
1: Funny. I didn't clock that, but that is very funny that she didn't return it. And she took it out to the party. Anyway, Big was not great either. He never is. But Carrie was truly on her worst behavior. And just because you're in a fight with someone
0: doesn't mean you can just start making out with random men. I guess the idea is they didn't have sex. So it's okay. <laughs> no. Like at that point, I don't know why you get drunk and make out with the guy and they stay at your place, but there's no penetration. It doesn't count.
1: You know what? I was thinking about this episode though. I feel like this storyline would have made more sense for the cheating curve than Carrie's actual storyline for the cheating curve. <laughs> Cause that is what they're getting at. Right. Which is like, well, they didn't have sex. So it's not technically cheating. It's just being shitty. I mean, she says she feels bad about it, but Carrie's emotions are hollow. Her emotions don't actually mean anything unless it's literally about her. She's clearly like a narcissist. Very much so. Yeah. Here's a random comment. The Jeremiah was a bullfrog song? Mm -hmm. I have never heard that in my life. What the fuck was that? (laughs) I am very surprised.
0: I mean, it's from the 70s by Three Dog Night, a band. I did include
1: the link to the music video in the notes. Oh. And it is truly horrifying. It's It's a fine song. No, not fun. Doesn't make any sense. And the music video is really bad, 70s animation, and it's frightening. And I was very confused by, the entire thing. I thought they were making up a song.
0: Is it the official music video? Yeah. It's
1: got like millions of views. It's the official music video. Anyway, I had never heard it. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And then I Googled it and I was
0: like, this is creepy. I don't like it. I feel like it is very popular in media. So I'm surprised you haven't heard it before. Never in my life. Not, not a once. Did you ever see not 28 Days Later, the zombie movie, but 28 Days, the Sandra Bullock rehab movie. Nope. Only one yeah. zombie movies. No, too bad. Why They're is singing. that song in there? Yeah, they sing it a lot in that one. I mean, clearly
1: I never saw it because I thought it was the zombie movie. That's so funny. My last note is basically just Carrie does finally get what she wants from big, right? Like he tells her that he loves her, but it's just like the least romantic way possible. And because she's pushed him to it and then she's so pleased with herself and it's like, really, that's how you want this to happen. You want to like back him into a corner again which is the first reason you broke up and like yeah he gives way this time and actually tells you that he loves you but He says it
0: so, gonna... with so much hostility i don't even blame him though because she backed him into a corner and like he doesn't want to break up again i mean he's also a child he needs to learn he how to is, use his words but their is, whole relationship but... is terrible no
1: i agree but i think carrie was worse this episode
0: She was really bad. I'm surprised he didn't want to break up with her, the way she behaved at that party, especially because was it just last episode where she's like i want you to meet my friends and then he has to come to dinner with her friends and chat with them even though he clearly didn't want to he still put on a suit and came and then he's like come to this party with my friends and she's like oh i used to know her when she was a drug drug dealer best friend yeah she won't let me smoke in her apartment what a judgy bitch and i'm like no that's you carrie all right, I'm, I'm going to go out rat. and pretend to blow the waiter then. I didn't even think about
1: that, but you're totally right. Big, he was shitty last episode as well. Whatever. He's always kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah he's big. He's a man. It is what it is. But like, yeah, you're totally right. He did the thing that he didn't want to do. He put on a happy face, had good manners. And then Carrie couldn't even return the favor. She's rude to his friends. She's complaining and being a brat the entire time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and
0: then she would have cheated on him with sex, but I guess she was too drunk. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing before
1: I love you counts.
0: Carrie, I've try never and, heard. yeah, play that with Big. Hear about Big cheating on you Well,
1: you she would. that you loved
0: him. That's one of those things. She has to feel that way because whatever he does, she'll just find a reason to forget about it because she wants to be with him. I don't know if she
1: would, though. She was going to break up with him if, if he didn't say that he loved her. So I feel like because it's the Carrie show, I think she probably would break up with him if he cheated
0: on her. Should we jump into questions? Yeah. Let's go. The first one you might find annoying. What are some of the things that you love about New York? Oh, cause of the intro. I think that's a great question. Yeah. I love New York. I just don't like living there
1: because I like space and not rats everywhere, but I, I do love New York. This is so stereotypical, but whatever. I do love that. It's the city that never sleeps. Mm -hmm. Like I am frequently irked and inconvenienced by shit just closing early here. And same in LA when I was there, I was just like, does no one want to make money after 8 PM? I don't understand. So I do love that things are open all the time and there's always something to do. Like even on Christmas day, like you could find a bar that's open and go Mm -hmm. get a drink. I haven't ever, but I know that you could do it. I think it's the city with a lot of culture, but I love that you can get any kind of food you want and it's some of the best in the world. I love that it's such a walkable city, just being able to walk around and clear your head when you're just like, ugh, something's stressing me the fuck out. You can just walk 30, 40 blocks and Mm -hmm. it's just stuff like that. I also love that public transit is a really viable option there, even though it kind of sucks sometimes. I love that my friends are there, all kinds of things.
0: What do you love about New York? I love that it's a double-edged sword. Doing simple things like going to get groceries is not easy, but that's also something that I love because I'm a person that gets complacent very easily. You could have an adventure just going out to get a thing. Just surviving is its own game. And I think that that's really fun. That works for me. I love the people of New York. Only Mm -hmm. people that live in New York are allowed to hate New York. People that don't live in New York are just jealous of us, even though we all hate it here. I
1: feel like I have every right to say that I hate New York. I don't, but I feel like I have the right
0: to. I did my time. I love the buildings. I've known people who have found that the buildings, look down on them, feels crushing. I find it incredibly reassuring if I'm having a bad day. I love to just walk around Manhattan. I just feel like the buildings are always there for you. The skyline is there. and it's strong and stable when you need it to be. And it just,
1: I find it very inspiring. I never thought of it as comforting, but it was always just like walking amongst the big buildings kind of makes you feel like you're part of something bigger and more interesting. Mm -hmm. And there are things that I hate about New York. Some of the things you mentioned, in fact, are things that I hate about New York. I have to specifically tell you the one thing that I hate was the first thing that you said that you loved. I hate that everything is inconvenient in New York. If I had to rank a reason of why I left New York, that's like, if not number one, it's number two. I can't stand how inconvenient it is, but I'm a very convenience-based person. What were the other things that you love about New York besides the buildings
0: and inconvenience? I love that people leave New York a lot, but there's always an influx of new people. And there's just so many interesting, fun people to meet and I feel like everybody is just always looking to improve themselves in a fun way. But I just love meeting and talking to different people here. It's very interesting. I will say
1: men wearing suits being Carrie's favorite thing about New York is weird. Why? But I just have different priorities, I guess. It's just like not even a specifically New York thing.
0: That is true, because I was going to say what mine would be is bearded men carrying dogs on the subway, but she doesn't ride the subway. Men in suits, even
1: bearded men with dogs on the subway, neither of those things are New York specific. You can
0: find them in any big city. Another question for you. Sure. What do you think was the nature of the purse that Mr. Big gave Carrie? Do you think he actually thought she would like it, or he was trying to change her, or what? I think he's just a man
1: and men are bad at getting gifts. You can train them eventually to get you things that you actually want, but men are not good at getting gifts. It's obviously not a hard and fast rule. There's obviously exceptions, but any man that is good at giving a gift once was terrible at it so I think that was my take I think he was trying to do something sweet for Carrie where he's like a lot of my female friends have these maybe Carrie would like one too I don't think it was him trying to change her
0: that's what I thought was weird because it's one thing where you're like okay he gave me this gift it's terrible it's not me I hate it but then when you go to a party and you see all of these like women who are his friends that have one you'd be like oh he maybe asked somebody or he was at dinner with other friends and women were just discussing their purses or something and he was like oh where do you get one of those are those trendy now and i was like carrie likes fashion the fact that she saw those and was like oh he doesn't even get me at all yeah it's like no that's the explanation she took it so personally
1: for no reason." right He probably just wanted to get her something. He didn't know what to get her. He's like, oh, my female friends have these. I see these around. And he got her one. Right. Really all it is. And she turned it into this whole thing where like, big must not love me because he bought me this ugly, stupid bag. Girl, if I broke up with every man who bought me a bad gift. I know. I'd still be single. It was just dumb that she was mad about it. He's just a dumb dude. Just say, ugh, not really my thing, but I appreciate that you put the
0: thought in. Right. Okay, so then my last question, would you date a bartender? Is question A, part B. If you did and you were going to like an event where he had to wear a suit, would you buy him a suit? So, A, I probably wouldn't date a bartender,
1: but nothing to do with money. I just can't have a chaotic schedule like that. Mm-hmm. And I like to actually see my partners.
0: What setup. if he was a, oh God. <laughs> I was just going to say, what if he was like a fancy coffee barista? Well, but, Kristen, but like a as nice you one.
1: already, but know. like a nice one. <laughs> I have already dated a coffee barista and he is an influencer.
0: We will not name names. I not want him having any extra followers. (laughs) That's not a guy, but he is nice and has a nice dog. He's got a cat. Cat's probably better, actually. But he essentially works for tips, but he likes his job, and he's nice, and you guys care? Like, as long as he doesn't expect me to pay for
1: shit, I really don't care. And do your thing. I mean, we've talked about this previously. I know that I make more money than probably... 90% of the guys that I would date in Chicago because I don't like corporate guys, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the people that are going to make more money than me. And so, yeah, if I'm dating people my own age, there's a pretty decent chance that they're making less money than me just because of the type of people I specifically avoid. That's never an issue for me. If he didn't have a suit, no, I wouldn't buy him a suit and I wouldn't expect him to buy a suit. Wear whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I also would never invite somebody to a suit and tie thing. I feel like- What if it was like,
0: my wedding? Like, Your second wedding? It was Kristen. my Mitch died and me and a hot subway guy are getting married and it's going to be fancy. I want your barista boyfriend to come.
1: I mean, on. that's different, right? I also just feel like you are not the type of person that would care that much what people wear to a wedding. But like my new, my
0: new dog having future house. Oh husband. my God.
1: Your future Brooklyn subway husband. He Kristen, wants
0: it. Having, we're, we're having a formal Catholic
1: wedding. He <laughs> 100% would not want that, and neither would you. So there are too many
0: holes in this scenario. But the Catholic even- Church will look down on it, our love. <laughs>
1: I'm going to use a different person as an example because I just can't suspend my disbelief enough for this ridiculous scenario that you've just put forth where everything is just not what it would ever actually be. I mean, if it was a wedding, I don't care if you wear a suit. Every dude at least has a nice pair of slacks and a button down. Wear that. I don't care. Just don't show up in like ripped jeans and like sneakers. Wear something slightly elevated from what you usually do, and it's fine. But no, I'm not buying you a suit. I don't expect you to buy a suit. If you're buying a suit, it should be for your own thing, not because I've invited you to a wedding or a work dinner. But I also just feel like that wouldn't happen now. Everything's so much more casual now, which I think you're going to get at in the nostalgia piece. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's so rare that people wear suits, even to weddings and stuff now at least with my friends. I mean, maybe weddings, but a lot of my friends' weddings have been super casual affairs. You wear something kind of nice. Anyway, I think most people would have something other than a corduroy suit also.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of my takeaway is that if I was dating somebody and like you're an adult man in your 30s, if you don't own a suit, I'm not going to like break up with you, but I am going to be like, okay, we need to get you a suit. No, And I guess I'm more practical. You feel good when you're in a suit. You like the suit. You don't want to wear your corduroy suit. Then you feel embarrassed when you're at the event. I think that's just an adult thing that you should do. It is, but like, that shouldn't be me telling you to do that. I, I guess that's the difference in our approach to relationships. Cause I'm like, oh. You poor poor broken man. Let me show you what store to buy a suit. No, I'm truly not your mother. You
1: pick your own suit. That's not my job. I've never been the girlfriend that picks out people's clothes. Mm.
0: You wear what you want. You're an adult. No, you wear what I want. I buy you things. (laughs) I mean, maybe you are a Miranda. I'm the Steve in this relationship. I just happened to meet my Miranda when we were a lot younger. I think most men that are in their thirties have a suit, right? Like that's insane.
1: And if they don't, I shouldn't be the one to have to tell them to get one. That's my pay I see absolutely no reason for me to be responsible for someone else's wardrobe. That's fair. So anyway, no, I would not buy him a suit. Yes, I would date a nice barista with a good pet. Those were all my questions. Do you want to jump into nostalgia? Yeah. I really don't have much for this, but I have a couple of things. Do you want to I have go two first? things, but they're tiny. Yeah. The the one was that guy's tattoo, yeah. the sword going through the flowers. There may have also been a dragon in the I background, think there but there a was a dragon on top. I feel like the style of it, the location of it, all of it just felt very dated. I'm sure all tattoos will feel that way eventually. <laughs> i will one day to suffer from my tattoos being dated i guess but that felt very 90s to me and then this is a little bit niche but i feel like charlotte's whole thing with that actor just felt like a weird 90s fantasy fever dream kind of thing i I don't really know how to explain it but there was this movie back in probably the early 2000s it was called win a date with tad hamilton Mm -hmm. or whatever and some norm core girl wins a date with this actor, and then he's actually in love with her, and it is a thing. But then she realizes she's actually in love with her best friend who was there the whole time. You know, classic shit. I felt like just that concept to me felt very 90s, these celebrity romance fantasies. At the same time and in the early 2000s, this was also when people were wearing those purses that said Mrs. Pitt on them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of thinking of it like that. It just felt like a fever dream. (laughs) Of what the
0: 90s were in terms of celebrity culture if that makes sense i do feel like that idea of dating a celebrity was very of the moment
1: yeah like regular, there was like, a
0: regular girl meeting a rich person what totally. year did notting hill come out
1: that was in the late 90s there was like a disney channel original movie with justin timberlake that was like a similar theme yeah yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. I feel like I can't articulate it very well, but I no. feel like there was this time in the late nineties, early two thousands, where there were just a lot of storylines, things in life where people were obsessed with normal people falling in love with celebrities. Yeah. that's fun. And so That felt nostalgic to me. So my
0: nostalgia was the things Carrie loves about New York summer's our spring days checks out. Men in suits. Mm, There's still men in suits in New York, but like even finance guys, I guess right now it's the summer. A lot more just like polo shirts and dress Yeah. But you down. still see some suits, but not a ton. And then the other thing she said was three newspapers and 12 gossip columns. Physical newspapers aren't really things. And there are untold number of gossip websites nowadays. And then oh, the totally. last thing, the first time that Carrie wants to tell Mr. Big that she loves him, when they're walking home from the ballet. Oh, um ruffles his hair. <laughs> Carrie has straight hair through this entire episode. But in that scene, she has random pieces that are crimpy crimped. Oh, and you know what? When That's you, so true. <laughs> when you say crimped hair, you think of the 80s crimping where you would crimp it and then you backcomb of it. it so yep. it get really puffy. But at this time, crimping came back into style and you would just crimp random parts of your hair but then keep the rest of your hair really straight. This was a look that I was super into yes. in high school and now I used to do that too. I love that I had forgotten about that so that was fun to see crimping is a really stupid hairstyle I tried to bring it back it a few years ago and I was like I won't buy a crimping iron for the third time in my life I'm done with my crimping ways not a third time that's all I had should we jump to fashion yes I thought it was
1: an overall really bad fashion week I didn't like very much stuff All of my fashion things are actually just negatives.
0: (laughs) What did you think of Carrie's straight hair? I like her
1: hair curly better just generally. It doesn't look bad, but at the party, I don't know what she was doing with her bangs, but they looked so bad. It looked really just like disheveled. I think she looks better with curly hair, but this specific straight hair look, I did not like. It doesn't seamlessly really flat. flow into the side. There's like a distinct gash and it looks kind of frizzy in between. And a good side bang should naturally flow into the rest of your hair. This is not what mm. that was. You're right. Yeah. And it
0: looks really bad.
1: Yeah. And I was
0: deeply upset by it. I didn't hate the straight hair. I enjoyed seeing the crimping again. I think she looks much better with the curly hair. I agree that the dress she wore to the cocktail party was not right for that but i liked it it had like different colors and was patchworky and it was fun i didn't, li- I didn't like it i didn't like her
1: outfit when she tells him that she loves him either mm, i didn't either it was almost her- was like a corset this, like, top yeah it was like a light blue floral silky like corset top She was wearing a really ugly skirt with it obviously steve's suit is a crime against humanity it's horrific i can't Wait, believe the, that it the, exists the corduroy yeah corduroy is a texture i just don't believe should exist That's right <laughs> you hate corduroy I, cordu- I hate corduroy i don't think it should exist the only appropriate corduroy is corduroy overalls on children no adult should own corduroy all right let's talk about what's problematic We've talked about a lot of this already, so I'm not going to belabor my points, but obviously Charlotte's entire take on social class and not dating men who make less money than you and disparaging the quote unquote working class, no need for explanation. I thought Miranda momming Steve with the suit stuff was weird, but I also think Steve breaking up with Miranda over the suit stuff was problematic. So all of those things. Mm-hmm. Big saying that Carrie's being a bitch at the party. She was. He can't say that. Carrie cheating on Big because they had a fight and she's mad that he didn't say that she loves him and then yeah. decided that she was just not going to tell him afterwards and that she gets to play by her own rules is problematic. Everything about the Sum storyline, very problematic. Even calling this episode the caste system was problematic. <laughs> just a lot of things. Do you have any other stuff?
0: Yes. Even though Charlotte was being terrible, the scene where the movie star blows smoke in Charlotte's mouth and says you do now. The shotgunning scene. The <laughs> shotgunning scene I found to be very problematic. That's I agree cool. actually. You can't like force and drugs on somebody. And it's not funny. And then the some storyline. I hated that they called her a servant. Yeah. Just using sure, but- the word servant is disrespectful to people that.
1: I agree. A service servant industry. Servant has a very different connotation, in my opinion. Servant is really bad. Yeah, I mean, essentially, the entire episode is problematic.
0: What do you think holds up? I only have one thing. I have toxic masculinity ruins the night again. I was with somebody at a bar and somebody ripped that in the bathroom stall, and it just stuck out in my mind. That feels correct. Yeah, it feels another correct. great relationship that's just ruined because of toxic masculinity. And it sucks for all parties. It sucks for Miranda and it sucks for Steve that he feels that that has to be the way. I agree. And I mean, it ties in with my other thing, which is an uneven divide between income and a couple and how that manifests into different areas of the relationship that can be a problem.
1: Yeah, totally. That's actually really similar to mine. The way Charlotte described it was not by any means the right way to describe it. But that said... There is still social class disparity, and it is a real thing, whether we want it to be or not. But we do have our own powers to make decisions on how much we want to subscribe to something like that or not. My point of view is obviously there are exceptions and nuances to this, but there are some things like the way you were raised and therefore your upbringing and social class. Things that come with that that can dictate what can and can't work in a
0: relationship sometimes And I think that is true. Do you have any other what holds up? I do not. Okay, so we like to watch the episodes and evaluate them for whether or not they would pass the Bechdel test. This one, I am going to give a soft pass. They're in a man's apartment, but he is not there. And when some and Samantha are alone for the first time, some calls Samantha lazy bones. And then Samantha's like, where's my breakfast? And she's like, no, you got to get up. I have work to do. I don't have time to make you eggs. Get out of here. Technically, it's a few lines of dialogue, not about a man. It is isn't a context of a man. But if we're being generous, which we kind of have to be with the show, it would pass. So there you go. All right. For the Bechdel test, we do have
1: to be generous because yes. otherwise, this entire segment makes no sense. Exactly. None
0: of it really passes. Ever. None of it does. <laughs> I can go ahead and say maybe there's like one episode where two of the characters have an adventure. I don't know, but I doubt it. I doubt it. We'll give it a soft pass. Megan, who was your hero in this episode?
1: This was a tough one, Kristen. I feel like no one was very well behaved in this one and everyone was a villain. But if I had to pick, I picked Miranda. That's who I I picked too. I think her intentions with the suit and Steve stuff were pure if poorly executed. Intentions matter though. And she was trying to break gender norms. And we love that for her. Even if again, it didn't manifest correctly. But- Also, everyone else was truly horrific in this episode. So,
0: yeah, I don't think anything she did was so bad. She invited him to this party. If she was asking him to wear a suit, she doesn't mind paying for it. She assumes that she should. And I get where she's coming from. Like I really like you. I have money. Why can't we both enjoy it? But
1: I agree. I do. Yeah. I do also feel like it's too expensive of a gift for someone you don't know. Quite well, that that's what well I, I think yet.
0: fundamentally is the issue. I don't know why it had to be this really expensive suit, other than to really prove the point. That's mm-hmm. the only type of suit that Miranda would want you to wear. There's a line between a corduroy suit and an eighteen hundred dollar yeah. suit especially in the 90s you could get something for 300 you could afford that and you'd both be happy yeah but compromise is not really a thing in these relationships um, sure isn't. speaking of
1: who was your villain this episode i refuse to pick between these two i think they're both equally villains charlotte and carrie You can't make me pick one. They're both equally bad. I
0: mean, I pick Carrie because Charlotte wasn't really hurting anybody. She was being awful, but Carrie's the one who basically cheats on her boyfriend who she loves.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I just feel like Charlotte is just so fundamentally wrong on so many levels that I cannot overlook it. Carrie was obviously terrible in this episode, but to me in the grand scheme, she is a character is terrible, but people can make mistakes like that sometimes. I don't think she handles it correctly. But what Charlotte is saying is to her core, who she is, and the way she treats those women that are like doing her toenails.
0: Oh, God. You know what? I forgot about that part. Yeah. I was just thinking of her and Wiley scenes. But yeah, she is really terrible about saying you can't be in a romantic relationship with someone that works for tips. I forgot. I'm back on board. Double villains. Double villains. I refuse to choose. They're double equally bad. Villain. All right, let's go to rating. Now is the part of the episode where we rate the episode on a scale of one to five for how good was the sex, how good was the city, and overall enjoyment. Megan, would you like to go first? Sure. So I gave sex a one. There wasn't very much
1: sex, and the sex we did see was shamed by some, and we just had that overture of blatant racism tied with that, so I didn't like it. Mm. City, I gave a 2.5. And that is because we saw Steve's shitty apartment, which Mm. feels pretty quintessentially New York. Mm -hmm. And the jumbo slice pizza place feels very New York. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I didn't think anything was particularly exceptional, just those two things. And then overall, I gave it a one. It's definitely my bottom five. I was really surprised that it was a 7.5 rating. I was very
0: surprised by that too. Yeah, that's on the higher end. I feel like this is one where Miranda and Steve break up. So maybe it's one of those ones that are more iconic just because there's major characters in it and Big says he loves her. Mm, I don't know. Could be. I don't think it deserved the rating it got though. What about you, Kristen? How did you rate everything? Well, I also gave this episode a one for sex. There was not a lot of it. There was nothing particularly sexy about any of the scenes. For City, I gave it a 3.5. I really enjoyed the Ray's original pizza shop scene. It just made me nostalgic for getting pizza in Manhattan, which I really haven't done post-pandemic. I liked that. I like a lot of just the New york things. They went to the Park Avenue apartment of Big's friends, the giant terrace, and then she meets the cater waiter and they're walking home. So I gave it a pretty high score. Overall, I watched this episode so many times. I kind of got lost in whether I liked it or not. I don't think I did. So I gave it a two. But I thought about giving it higher just because a lot of the episodes on repeat watching, they have really awkward sex scenes that I find painful to get through. This one didn't really have that. I'm giving it a two. I think that's the right feeling. You gave this one a one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I liked it a bit more than you, but I didn't really like it. And it really doesn't deserve a higher score because there's so many problematic things. So two it is. All right, Kristen's using parameters this week. It's exciting news. I'm just kidding. I always use the parameters of vibes. No, I'm
1: just joking. Because you said, well, I think no, I liked I'm it like- more than news. So oh. That's the most logical scoring we've heard from Kristen yet. <laughs> it might be. I know what you mean, though. Some of them that you rewatch a bunch of times, you're just like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this again. I did kind of feel that way about this one, though, but mainly because I just hated the breakup so much. I hated all of it so much, actually, but the breakup scene felt like adding insult to injury. Well, I think that's all we have for the week. Yeah, I think so. Thank you all for joining us for another week of I'm Sorry, I Can't Don't Hate Me. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please join us next week as we review season two, episode 11, Evolution. If you have any feedback or things you'd like us to talk about in any of our episodes, please feel free to email or DM us. Our email and Instagram handle are listed in the show notes. And if you send us something, we may even read it on the pod. Yeah. Also, please don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends and fellow Sex and the City fans or critics. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.